everybody. It's uh, Colton Stonball with the Inspire Podcast. We're providing you fearless B2B sales, marketing, and management insights. Um, today, we're joined by Chris West with Nexogen. Uh, Chris, how you doing today? Good afternoon. Great to see you. And uh, I'll let you tell the audience a little bit about who Nexogen is, who you are, and, uh, and all that good stuff. Absolutely. So uh, Nexogen is a uh, managed IT services provider based in uh, greater Cincinnati. Our home office is actually in Newport, Kentucky, but we're about 11 blocks from the Ohio River. So close enough to, uh, to see the beautiful downtown skyline. Um, we provide IT services on a business-to-business basis. Um, we focus on uh, organizations more or less in the five employee to a thousand plus employee range across the market, uh, a variety of, of verticals, manufacturing, healthcare, finance, et cetera. Um, we are an organization of about 50 plus employees, most of whom are uh, of engineering uh, persuasion. And um, in that organization, I'm actually the director of sales and uh, marketing for NextGen. Fantastic. And I think, you know, best and quickly described, though this might not be the official marketing, but human first, customer centric IT services, correct? Yeah, that's very much the driver. Um, It's a very crowded industry in the managed services world. And uh, one of the the things that we've done over the years to differentiate is essentially to to focus on people who not only are are strong from a technical perspective, but also have a strong, uh, a a willingness and a strong ability to be able to communicate with um, other normal, if you will, people, you know, speaking business, but also speaking human, Uh, being able to put technical challenges in the language that, that anyone can understand, but also um, be able to uh, speak to individual specific uh, personal and business requirements. Absolutely. No, that, uh, I think that, that's huge. And, and really what we're here to talk about today is really the importance of, you know, the role that culture plays in marketing and messaging. And just like you described, like, you know, the types of people that you bring in to provide top-notch service to your customers, how that looks in your organization, as well as how that manifests itself in your messaging. You know, it's really what we're looking to dive into. And with that, we're also joined by Ron Gerlich. Ron, how you doing? I'm doing pretty good, Colton. How are you? <laughs> Fantastic. And now I ask you the same question we just asked to Chris, you know, who are, who are you? Who do you represent? And, and how do you fit into this marketing and messaging culture first approach? Well, uh, my role is uh, marketing director uh, for technology and solutions clients. Uh, I've, Nexogen and I have been together since they've come aboard with, with Dean Houston. We've done uh, quite a bit of background work and continue to push them forward. My, my background is in advertising and marketing uh, as a creative. And then uh, I spent the last 10 years working as director of marketing for two global manufacturers before I came aboard with Dean Houston. Okay. So. Fantastic. I know that, uh, that you work really closely with Chris, you know, to help with that, that marketing and messaging, you know, so to, to loop it back to that topic of, of culture and its importance in, in client facing messaging. I mean, Chris, I kind of, I, I believe I stole this right from your website, you know, your partner, your friend and the end of your IT worries. Right. So, you know, and you did a great job kind of priming that, but that's a pretty strong statement. And that seems to be one we see across your website and your messaging quite a bit. You know, you talked about that human first approach, hiring customer first people, but what really drove the decision to, to bring that type of messaging, your partner, your friend that, 
you know, really that's something that indicates strong internal culture. What drove the decision to make that such a core part of your customer focused messaging? Uh, it was very much, we, we arrived at it organically, just through the organization and its history and its roots, as well as our founders. So, um, you know, founded in 2003 by two friends who met literally working the Best Buy tech bench back in the, the pre-Geek uh, Squad days. Um, these were folks that had experience in the retail environment, dealing with everyday um, issues, everyday questions, um, everyday people as they, you know, would, would pass by the, the counter looking for support and, and, and help. And really, when, when the company was founded, they realized that the best way to, um, to grow the business when it was small and continue to keep it strong was to build a strong referral uh, network. And the best way to get good referrals is to actually have people who look at you not only as a business partner, but as a, a confidant, as a friend, as a partner. Um, so, you know, it, it's, it's not so much, you know, where we sat down in a room and said, what's the best way to stand out from the crowd? What we found was, is that we sat down in a room and you go, what makes us actually stand out? And it wasn't necessarily a technical acumen or a mix of products or services, although those are strong, obviously. It was truly the fact that when you get a referral um, a letter or phone call or something like that from one of our clients, they talk about how much they love to work with us, um, how supportive of we are, how we go above and beyond um, at every opportunity. It's all driven by how do we make sure this customer has an amazing experience. Okay. Yeah, it's actually, you know, quite fascinating and, and it's really interesting that this all started at like the retail tech support level and like those same tenants that, that worked there kind of benefited the business as it grew, you know, kind of, you know, like you said, a lot of referrals and things like that. So, you know, I even think, you know, past, past referral, right? Cause you've got this message public facing, right? So I'd imagine when people are coming to you first, maybe if it's not through a referral, that's the first thing that jumps out to them. What do you see with like new potential customers when they come to you and see that messaging? What does that conversation look like? And is it effective? I'd imagine the answer is yes, because you guys are, you know, exhibiting great growth. But how does that really help frame the conversation saying, you know, your partner, your friend, and what that customer can expect? And what does that alignment look like? Well, it's interesting because one of the things that we, um, we try to offer as an organization is flexibility. So one of the kind of the key understandings of the managed service provider business model is that um, you, you want to try to get every, all of your clients in sort of a uniform sort of condition as, as possible because it simplifies support, leads to greater efficiencies and that sort of thing. Well, that's obviously a goal, but we have the kind of the approach we've taken is, is rather than try to mold our clients to that is we try to mold our tools and processes to fit, fit them in a, a better, you know, uh, kind of capacity. Um, it's not uncommon for a client to come to us and say, look, you know, the IT part of it's pretty important to us, but really what's really critical is that we have, we have good, you know, facilitation of, of communication within our organization as well. Uh, we have one client that if their internet connection goes down for two days, it's not really a big deal. They can still do what they do. But the key is, is if machinery within their organization ceases to function properly, that's the end of the road. You know, they have to be able to keep that going. So we've actually worked out an arrangement where, um, any issue that happens to occur in one of their branches, they report it to Nexogen. Nexogen plugs it into our ticketing and tracking system. We have some key questions that we ask during that initial engagement. And then we will actually take care of escalating that issue, whether it's IT related, mechanically related, 
if it's a, um, a utility issue, you know, the power's out, that sort of thing. Like we will actually assist from top to bottom. And what we've done is we've effectively taken what we do normally for just IT issues and expanded the, you know, a variety of different other challenges that that customer has. So we've essentially become their in-house operations and, and um, you know, management team because we're able to apply those processes that we use everywhere else. Right. So it's just one of the different ways that we're able to actually, you know, kind of mold our business to best suit the specific needs of our customer and say, look, we're there for you beyond broken computers. Uh, we're there for you um, as business consultants, as partners, as, you know, a, f a friendly uh, sounding wall to bounce ideas off of. Yeah. Now that, uh, that, that flexibility and, and kind of the ability to, to, to go beyond rigid process to, to think about, you know, you said utilities and the different areas that could be failure points that maybe aren't IT related, but still impact IT. You know, I, I think that that's like a really great case study of what that, you know, your friend, your trusted partner really looks like in practice. And I can only imagine, right, you know, one of the core tenets of marketing is, is differentiation, right? Is how do you set yourself apart from your competition. I can only imagine that, you know, that, that flexibility, that human problem solving, focusing on the business problem, that has to be one of the core tenets of your differentiation. Is that, that correct? It's absolutely the case. So, you know, in, in the IT world, and I've been in the IT industry for ongoing, better than 25 years in various, you know, roles. And, um, if you're out there just trying to move product, you're going to find that there's not much margin there. There's not much opportunity to really differentiate yourself from everybody else who's out there with a, with a shingle out front, you know, selling servers, workstations, network devices, et cetera. The difference is in, in the value that we bring to the table is actually sitting down with the client and understanding the problem of what it is they're trying to solve. Um, it's not uncommon for, you know, we get called into a client for, or a prospect, like, I need to get a new server. How can you help me with that? Well, you know, generally my first response will be is, so what is the problem that you're trying to solve? Is it because you feel you need to replace the server because that you've done it every five years for the past 25 years? Well, do you really need to have a server? moving forward? Or is it something that we should move into cloud-based services? Or are you basically hosting a bunch of data that's gone latent? Maybe we should arc that stuff off and just turn the box off and simplify the environment. Other times they might be in a scenario where they're like, I need a new server and it's well thought out and it makes sense, but we'll go through the exercise and actually see if that's the case. No, that, uh, again, that, that, that customer centricity and like how that sets you apart so, you know, to, to bring it down to the tactical side of marketing, and Ron, I'm going to pick on you a little bit here, you know, is um, I know, you know, we had, we had discussed a little bit, and I know just from the context of like our relationship with you, Chris, is that we, you know, have, have kind of helped with things like a big web refresh and, you know, so, some recent messaging and how that looks in the marketplace. So when you're thinking about all this culture, all that rich history, starting back with that pre-Geek Squad Best Buy help desk, you know, what was the process of thinking that, unpacking it to maybe, you know, let's, let's, let's pick on your nice new website a little bit. You know, what did that process look like, unpacking all that history, unpacking that customer centricity and turning that into a, a nice and neat customer-facing portal with your website? Except for me or Ron, because for me, it was very much a case of, you know, how do we, how do we describe great customer service? you right. That was the question that had stumped us at Nexogen. Um, you know, and during, you know, our initial meetings, we kept wanting to say, it's like, how do you, how do you show 
demonstrate trust? How do, how do you, what's the picture, the visual, the audio, whatever that is, what's that medium that shows that we're trustworthy? You know, usually that's the sort of thing you earn trust, right? But in order to be able to get the opportunity, you need to be able to, to, to visualize that in some way. And really that's where Ron and his creative team, you know, they, they really kind of surprised us in terms of the visuals they created and how they kind of melded stuff, you know, items that you would, you would see and think that shows security, that shows trust, that shows friendship, um, you know, all those things. And then mixes it into, we're a tech group. Like, you know, that's, that's what we do largely. I mean, we're a technical organization, but those things put together is what defines an exigent. Yeah. Okay, Ron. Now, you know, I've got, I've got this thing in my head around like doing the deposition, the, the light in your face, asking you all these questions. Is that how it really went, Ron? I mean, what, what did that look like? Yeah, it, it really was. Uh, that, that's a good example of, of the way we did this. We, we, we were lucky enough to partner with Chris and Nexogen to really start doing a deep dive into not only who they are and what they do, but what was the core element to be able to connect with the customer in there? One thing that we found through having a lot of uh, discussion with, with Chris, a lot of discussion with Nexogen, and being able to talk to some of their customers as well, is that the, the trust element was vital, especially for the type of business that Nexogen is in. Uh, we t I talked to customer after customer who had glowing things to say about Nexogen, and it wasn't always necessarily because of the, of the work that they do or the, the offering that they have. A lot of times that trust was centered on, I believe these guys, I believe they know what they're doing, that they wouldn't lead us astray, that they would tell us exactly and be transparent in, in, a, in an area that a lot of their customers, I don't think, are real confident about whether they're getting the, the, the truth or the, the right message. And when we were able to break it down to that truth level, to that understanding of you can trust them, they will partner with you on it, um, that's where we felt that the marketing nugget was and we could start to build out from there and really find a unique place for Nexogen uh, compared with their competition. Yeah, so, so as you're, you're sitting there and you know, talking to some of Nexogen customers, kind of doing firsthand, I guess, voice of the, the existing customer exercises, you know, and you're, you're sitting there, you're, you're mining, you're mining, you're talking, and then you come to that nugget of gold, right? Which, and those nuggets are always easy to find in hindsight, right? You know, I can imagine there's a lot of the exposition and story on, on where they came from, and then you get that nugget from customers. Then what did that process look like? I mean, like I'm invoking the visual when you go to nexogen.com right now, and you've got, you know, a, a digital ones and zeros hand reaching out, you know, and really shaking somebody's hand, and you know, with that your partner, your friend vocabulary and vernacular. What, what was the process to get to that point, right? So you get that insight from the customer. It's obvious that that's a big part of, of Nexogen's internal culture. What does that translation process look like to that customer-facing approach? It's the combination of both. It's looking, for, it's looking for commonalities between what the customer is saying and what, and what our discussion with Nexogen is. Part of the process that we go through is having that really – 
transparent and honest conversation with the client right up front. And a lot of times, especially I think in Nexigen's case, we were able to go past just the low-hanging fruit that you would expect to say in a, in a client marketer uh, conversation and really dig down past that to find those what you call golden nuggets. So we saw them with Nexigen, and then we started to hear the same thing from the customer. And it really became apparent after a while that this is really the foundation that everybody agrees upon. So it made perfect sense for us to go back and concept different ideas to run past Nexigen to, to, to let them see what we're thinking. But I, I, I think we felt, and I could probably speak for Chris on this, they probably felt too that there was some level of those hands coming together, that, that connection and trust issue between the customer and, and, uh, and Nexigen that was really, at the end of the day, that's where it was going to land. And then it was just a matter of figuring out what the most creative, eye-catching execution of that was. Okay. Yeah, that's great. As somebody who was outside of the process, I understand I'm potentially asking a dangerous question here. So, Chris, please be kind. Right. So, so Ron and his team go and refine these visual treatments and show them to you. What, what was that like? Was it, was it obvious from the gate that we were going down the right path or, or – what what did the reveal moment feel like? I guess um, it was hair raising. So the the, the um, basically my initial reaction to um, the uh, the concepts that that Ron and the team presented were pretty mind blowing. I was like, you know, we had asked these hard questions. How do you define these sort of nebulous concepts? How, how do you you know transition a, a feeling or an emotion into a physical man manifestation of that? You know that. Um, that concept and we were blown away um, they came back with you know we had kind of niggling sort of like feedbacks that sort of thing but generally speaking we went through the portfolio and we were astonished at the job they had done um, they'd answered a lot of our questions I mean there's always opportunity for refinement and that's something that we continue to do um, but like just out of the gate like we loved everything they came back with it was fantastic uh, we'll, we'll Assume that that's completely honest, I guess, Chris. <laughs> I, am, I am not I'll being paid that. anything to be here. I am not being paid anything to be here. And, you know, and actually, it, that was kind of the core tenant was, you know, from the very beginning of starting to work with Dean Houston through the discovery process, through all the different kind of like laborious steps that took place in order to kind of establish the partnership. We could tell that Dean Houston and Nexogen had a lot of the same precepts, um, very personable very uh, customer driven, very open. Um, there were no real um, indications that, well, this is how we do things. So that's what you guys need to do. It was very much along the lines of, you know, you came to us with a problem. Now let's ask you and find out what the real challenge is. And I think there's something to be said for that, right? A little bit of sacred geometry where you've got alignment between the, the two organizations, you know, and that that value system is very similar you know, that have probably created a good result. But like on that topic of alignment, you know, obviously this is really important to your customers and the messaging, you know, but really thinking about the alignment with your internal organization and, and culture. I can only imagine, you know, it, we've all worked, you know, with IT firms and different organizations and things like that. I'm sure a lot of our audience has as well, you know, and that, that 
alignment between the message you're sending and, and what you're talking about being your service principles, you don't see and feel that all the time in the IT world. So that customer centricity, that human focused problem solving is the, the, the branding that you're running with, the messaging that you're running with, is that fortifying and making your internal processes, maybe things like hiring, you know, talent acquisition, you know, just the way you're doing business. Are you seeing bleed over into the culture and helping? Is that almost reinforcing your operations in some ways? Uh, yeah, so it's interesting you, you you should ask that because one of the things that we uh, did in conjunction with Dean Houston as we were basically building, as we were kind of discovering ourselves or, or answering our own questions, was we built an internal, you know, branding guide or communication guide. And it was interesting because when we handed these beautifully done packages out to everybody in the organization during the rollout, the feedback we got was like, that's what I've been trying to say. You know, you guys finally found a way to say what we've been thinking all along. And it created this, you know, basically it, it allowed us to establish a language that we could all agree on as an organization internally and externally. And it's self-reinforcing. And you're absolutely right. Essentially what it's done is it's, it's given us a common theme to drive against. It's like, we need to do this hard thing. But the reason we're doing this hard thing is because that's what we do. We do the hard stuff in order for, to make ourselves better, to, to be more competitive in the marketplace, to provide better service, better experiences for our clients, but also so our employees can be, have something to be proud of. You know, they can really buy into this whole message that you know, we're a customer service organization and we're driven to provide an amazing you know, experience for both our clients and our employees because our employees, frankly, are, are our most important asset. In the fact that we got so much, such a strong internal buy-in, even from our kind of traditionally gruff, you know, introverted sort of technical people, was really gratifying to see that we, you know, we really had struck a chord. Well, yeah, and it, it 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 creates, you know, again, I think we'll probably have this in the episode description because it seems to be a word that comes up is is that phrase alignment, right? It's not just alignment with customer needs and your messaging; it's also alignment with your internal core values and your customers' needs as well. It's yeah. very authentic, yeah. very authentic. And that was actually part of the conversation was, is we don't want to just create a marketing schema because it sounds good and it's, and it's trendy and it's, you know, what rings well with, you know, with, um, you know, with committees or whatever focus groups, we want it to be authentic and people internally, especially to be able to look at it and go, this is real stuff, right? Like I, I'm willing to own this as an employee or as a member of the next group. Absolutely. And, and, you know, with that said, I mean, what has been like the early, you know, I know it's, you know, been a matter of months since this is all rolled out. What has been, you know, the, the impression from the marketplace? I mean, what, uh, what are some of the things you've heard? What's been the, the just general reaction? Uh, generally it's well regarded. You know, they, they seem to think that uh, the people that I talk to both um, prospective clients and actually prospective employees um, they'll take a look at the website and they're like, you know, I really learned a lot about who you guys are. Like the website has, gives a certain window into your organization. It isn't necessarily the case when you have, you know, a public presence that's built by someone who's trying to drive a specific message. Um, it, the authenticity is apparent. And, you know, that, that has to be, you know, incredibly difficult. You know, it sounds like, you know, from the core and the inception and exigen, like that was a real major part of who you and the team has been, period. 
you know, but if, looking for advice for the audience, right? If, if they're struggling to figure out that alignment, right? And, and what's the intersection of internal values and, and customer, a message that's relevant and resonates with customers. I mean, it, it sounds like a lot of that was introspection and, and looking inward and answering questions. And maybe that was facilitated by third party, in this case, Dean Houston. But what, what advice you would have for maybe people in your seat jumping into that like what are the things that you started thinking of first what did you look for maybe in that third-party partner how did that look what did that feel like? uh, yeah so you know honesty is a big thing right honesty and and a willingness to be candid and that's not just with others but also with yourself so if you're not actually being honest about what your goals are also not honest about what your strengths are if you're trying to model an organization around a strength set that isn't really there, then it's going to be an uphill battle. Um, fortunately, my job is relatively easy because the culture of the business is one that's so valuable in and of itself. So it was just a matter of identifying it and then translating that into language that was, um, you know, that kind of could transcend, you know, preconceptions. Um, so that part of it, it actually was, Dean Houston solved that for us. Like they, they basically, they held the right mirror up. So we were able to identify really, you know, what the right language was, right. What the right concepts were. But I think that, um, you know, when choosing a partner, you need to look with, for someone who aligns with you. You know, if, if, if you're looking for, you know, a specific attribute that isn't supported by that particular organization, or if they don't see that as being a high priority and their people don't see that as a priority, you're really just going to kind of get a, a machination of that. You're not going to get something that has authenticity to it. That's something that you're willing to wear on your lapel and uh, be proud of. So, you know, I, I guess that probably at the end of the day that, you know, there's the two basic functions uh, uh, you know, of honesty of who you are and what you plan to be and want to be and authenticity and how you deliver it. No, I think that the, that's a huge, huge insight. And again, it goes back to alignment, right? Find, find and work with people that are aligned with your own values. Look at your own values first. Look in the mirror. I think you mentioned, you know, and, and move forward from there. I, I think that that, I mean, it's probably worth the whole 30 minutes people spend just watching this. But, um, you know, I, I, I think, well, any other closing thoughts on that before I uh, give you an opportunity to make a shameless plug, Chris? Well, I feel like the whole the whole cast has been a shameless plug, which I appreciate. Um, but, you know, it really, at the end of the day, it's, it's you have to be able to, you have to have a message that can be consistent and that your people can buy into. Um, but by the same token, you have to take good care of your people as well. So um, if your people buy into your message, which is one of, you know, the customer is absolutely the core of the business, but your but the employees come first, um, which is largely how we look at it. Um, you know, during the whole the COVID situation, I guess we can talk about that, you know, but during the entire, you know, COVID and work from home transition, for us, it was very simple because we have a high level of trust internally. Our people are very much bought into the concept of, you know, making the effort. No one has to, no one has to be bribed to work long hours. We do it when we need to do it, right? And then, you know, that the whole transition for us then was straightforward. We we dropped in and we were there and we're ready for our customers when they needed us. Um, and it just kind of goes back to that that basic core tenet of taking care of your taking care of your people better than, you know, maybe not better than, but taking care of your people and they'll take care of your clients, and um, then your clients will you know, we'll provide the feedback and the support that you need to be successful. 
And it's easy to guess, but I will ask the question because, you know, you did mention, you know, all the, we'll save all the cliches of new normal and, and all those things. But, you know, I have to imagine, right, you know, the markets have shifted, people are going, you know, and working from home extensively. When I think about that, I think about IT, right? And, you know, it, how has that messaging helped you, you know, and probably a time when, you know, right now people are, probably in you know again this is just a guess in the market for it services and have new constraints and requirements you know how has your messaging served you through that period of time and and the rapid shift and and work from home and and all that from a I guess maybe customer communication standpoint well i think probably the number one response that we got was is that our clients just knew that regardless of what they had to do to pivot to um to weather the storm we would be there to support them um, they knew and they were re, you know, it was reinforced to them that when they called that we'd answer the phone, that when they had a challenge, we'd have a solution. Um, in fact, some of our clients were so, uh, so uh, convinced of that they began doing things on their own and then called us and said, Hey, we're here already. Now what do we do? And we're like, well, you, you should have called us two days ago, but let's get it figured out. Right. You know, we appreciate your ambition and, and, you know, your initiative, but it would have been simpler beforehand. Um, but, you know, having said that, it, it truly was a case where we had a, the highest level of trust with our, from our clients, and they knew that regardless of what came their way, we'd be able to respond to that and support them in that. Okay. Absolutely. Now, that uh, it, it makes a lot of sense. And again, it's, it's again, that alignment and, and honesty and, and truthfulness to your core values parallel exactly when customer needs were the highest, you know, alignment, alignment, alignment. Absolutely. We've had zero loss in our customer base since the COVID-19, you know, work from home and all the the different turmoil in the economy. And that says a lot. Not not only do we have a great group of customers as our our client base, which is, you know, testament to them, but also that our customers stuck with us and we've stuck with them. You can only imagine as time goes on and people, you know, are looking for new providers here. You've got a very compelling message to help them understand, you know, Lord forbid anything like this happens ever again. We're the type of organization that's going to help you weather the storm effectively, you know, Bring it together. Absolutely. So, you know, Ron, how about you, man? You have any closing thoughts here on, and again, I think alignment is the, the word of the day. <laughs> no, I, I think Chris said it very well and I, I would agree with everything he said completely uh, I mean the the authenticity part of it was was key there's in order for for us and Nexogen to partner in in the way that we did and continue to have success in that there's no way there was no shortcut involved in it we we had to trust each other and then we had to show each other that we had to prove that trust out so we couldn't put together a template uh, idea or plug them into a system to make it work. We had to prove to them that we were listening to them, that we heard what they said, and that we incorporated that into the work. That got uh, Chris and the executives at Nexogen excited, and that just dominoed down to the employees. So everything just worked uh, fluidly and connected, and it, and it continues to now. But I, there is no other, there's no shortcut to any of that. Absolutely. And, and Chris, you know, that last question here, because I know we're coming up pretty close to time. 
But uh, if I'm a, a, a business looking for managed IT services, how would you recommend I start looking for a provider? Well, uh, first of all, you know, the first thing you need to do is, is find out, you know, what your needs are. Um, and oftentimes the best way to do that is to interview more than one. Get a few providers in, you know, set some appointments up, see what kind of questions they ask, because you're literally, you have to think in terms of hiring an employee, if you will, except much more important because um, you're going to be handing off a lot of, a lot of, um, of risk. You're going to be, uh, uh, you know, have, asking them to assume a lot of responsibility and you're essentially going to hand them the keys to the castle. So, um, you know, get to know who they are, have some, you know, have some conversations with them, find out what their experiences are, check the references, see what their customers see it, you know, have to say about them. Um, and, you know, and then at the end of the day, you go with the one that seems to make the most sense and you're going to kind of just, you know, throw your hat in the ring and see what happens. Right. And I can only imagine if I'm, if I'm making that hiring decision and thankfully I'm not, I'm going to want to find somebody with great communication skills and who's responsive. Uh, um, you know, so, so maybe visit nextengine.com. I mean, you don't have to say it. I'll just suggest it. You know? <laughs> yes. That's a perfect example. Go to nextengine.com. Check us out on social media. We're on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you know, give us a call if you'd like. Um, you know, we have people available actually for tech support. We have people available 24 seven, which is kind of a big boon for us, but, um, we're certainly available throughout the daylight hours. Um, we have locations here in the Midwest and we're expanding as quickly as the market will allow us. Um, but yeah, we're, uh, we're out there. We're, we're standing by and we're ready to support you. Godspeed, Chris. And I uh, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, I, I think from a marketing perspective, I mean, that idea of, of, alignment and cultural values, messaging, and what the value that brings to customers. I, I think you've served up a lot of food for thought for everybody watching. I appreciate that. And Ron, thanks so much for getting this coordinated and, and providing some insights from the agency side, man. And then done thank that. you. So, Chris, again, thank you. Great to talk to you. And, Happy to be uh, part of the conversation. I appreciate the invite. Absolutely. And to the audience, until we see you again. Um, so. Another great episode of Inspire, and, and hope to see you soon. Have a great one.